Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello and welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. I'm Liz Loza, joined today by my good friend and 49ers Super fan Dalton Del Don. So, yes, today we're going to be previewing the two conference final games. I'm sure Dalton will have plenty to say. But before we do, Dalton, let's check in on your family's blood pressure because they've had to deal with you and dealt with you through that incredible game at Lambeau. Yeah, I don't have any kids' stories for you, Liz, but I have an embarrassing one. I told it on the XM Serious show, so I might as well tell it here. During the, the win over the Cowboys, I jumped up and landed awkwardly on the side of my my couch and the sound of the ankle made, it made this not so great sounding crack. (laughs) And it's bad. Liz, like no joke. You don't even want to see the pictures. It swelled bad. Um, It's been two weeks almost now. uh, And the top of my foot is black. It it broke some sort of uh, tendon because it went all the way to my toes. It's bad. I'm hobbling around here. Um, but it's embarrassing. Yes, I, I suffered an injury uh, while celebrating a 49ers win. So it's well, pretty look embarrassing. Well, look at you. I feel like you're just that in sync with Trent Williams that you're both gutting through these ankle injuries. I mean, that that's it. It's how you were just so in tune with the with the Niners faithful. Can, oh, can I actually? Let me, I have a Niners, Niners faithful. So a little peek behind the curtain here for our listeners. Every Monday, we dutifully get on a group fantasy call with our boss, Jason Klabaka, and other bosses and people and orgs. And anyway, Dalton and I are always on it. We're on it on Monday. And Dalton, you want to share with our listeners the um, hack you found as a Bay Area resident coming to Los Angeles, given the recent ticket restrictions that the Rams were trying to place on the sale. Yeah, of they did on Sunday. They attempted to, yeah, maybe get me in trouble here. But yeah, no, you had to be an LA resident. So I had, a, I had to use my buddy's credit card to buy uh, these the tickets on Sunday. They eventually they immediately pulled that away. And now the reports are like 65% yeah. are going, or have been sold in Northern California. So it could be a sea of red again, but yeah, they tried to some shenanigans on Sunday. Wouldn't let just anyone buy the tickets. So I'd use a buddy's credit card and his billing information to originally get the tickets. But yes, the wife and I are going to, uh, to make the trek down South. It's probably a bad decision. That'll be a miserable ride home after them losing. I actually have a bad feeling for this. I was pretty confident the last couple of weeks, uh, in the Niners, but this is the setup here. It's tough having beaten this team six straight times and people are, everyone's on them I don't love the setup we'll get to that but um, I'll be there I'll be there either way never been to SoFi I heard the parking's just a total nightmare uh, but a five billion dollar stadium looking forward to it well Levi's parking is pretty oh yeah it sucks too, too. Oh, horrible gosh. too yeah so no you've got that, that under your belt I'm sure you're yeah. gonna be fine but yes I love that you said the Rams tried to 
pull some shenanigans. And in fact, it's the 49ers who are upping them with Shahanahanigans. Get it? Okay. Let's Love move it. on. Love it. Oh, he, oh, yeah. He owns it in McVay's head, as they say. Uh, questions literally. Is he in? Yeah, Shania, let's go. All right. So let's talk about some news first. The New Orleans Saints, uh, they're going to need a head coach because before his deal was even up, Sean Payton made the decision to step away, though he did add when speaking to the media that he didn't feel like his football career was over, just that, you know, his time in New Orleans was probably done. I'm not too terribly surprised. He's certainly a, a head coach that got used to a winning quarterback and a winning team. And um, that was not the case last year. A lot of question marks. It might seem like, you know, into his 50s now, Sean Payton was like, eh, I'm too old for this bleep. Right when his movie comes out, too, I believe. He left the door open, though. There'll be Dallas speculation one year from now, no question. That Brink's about- truck is going to back up. Yeah. Someone's going to back it up for him. For sure. You know, it's a good time to be a 49ers fan, not only, you know, uh, in the conference championship and Trey Lance there, but the NFC might legitimately lose Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Sean Payton, and maybe even Russell Wilson for kicks, too. I mean, the conference literally might lose some of its very best players if, you know, Rodgers goes to Denver, Brady does retire, and Sean Payton, yeah, I mean, that New Orleans franchise has been one of the best in the conference for the last decade. Really, really incredible. I also wonder what this means for Michael Thomas, who, you know, yes, he was recovering from surgery last year, but you and I both know he made a business decision at a certain point into the season, once he looked at the Saints record and the amount of dysfunction, he's obviously holding a bit of a grudge against the franchise as well, too. So I wonder if um, he'll be returning to New Orleans as well. And the the one other big fantasy key here is Taysom Hill, because maybe not a great real life player, but awesome fantasy player. And Peyton, you know, it was Peyton, a big backer in Peyton. So the loss of him may mean less chance of Taysom Hill being the starting quarterback. Like, when he's out there, he's a top 10 fantasy guy. So I'd say that might be impactful here with this decision, too. It's another good point. All right, let's talk about my team for a second. Well, one of my teams, I feel like I got the Bears, I got the Rams, I got the Chargers. I kind of like the Chargers the most of all of them, but hey, they're not in the playoffs. Neither are the Bears, but the Bears are a topic of discussion because they hired their new GM, Ryan Poles, replacing Ryan Pace, and their new head coach, uh, the Colts' former now defensive coordinator, Matt Eberflus. So it looks like we're bringing back... Ryan and Matt, but at least the last names change here. (laughs) Little bit of, uh, so I will say, you know, I'm actually happy about this coaching change. Um, I know a lot of people were really upset because the focus, as it always is, is offense and the quarterback position, Justin Fields, this electric skill set, and really wanting a coach that could develop that and, and give the Bears a franchise quarterback, a winning franchise quarterback for the first time since Sid Luckman. But If you are looking at that, the narrative of the Bears has always been their defense. You don't have to grow up in Chicago to know about the monsters of the Midway and the 85 defense. And what Matt Eberflus has done in Indianapolis over the past three years is remarkable. I'm frankly surprised that he didn't get more interest prior to now. For those of you who don't know, he comes... He's one of these Rob Ryan guys. He was uh, the linebackers coach in Cleveland with Rob Ryan, then followed Rob Ryan to Dallas, was there from 2011 to 2017, linebackers coach and then passing game specialist, and then eventually moved and got a promotion to Indianapolis. He was, this I thought was telling too. He was, remember um, in 2018, Josh McDaniels, who's again getting a bunch of buzz, 
was supposed to come and leave the Patriots and be the new head coach of the Colts. And then he backed out of that deal. And that's how Frank Reich ended up there. And McDaniels had already tapped Everflus to be the DC under his regime. And when Frank Reich came in, he liked enough of what Everflus was selling that he decided to keep him. And, you know, it's worked. In 2017, the Colts' defense finished 27th in total defensive DVOA. Over the past two seasons, they've been a top eight ranked unit in total defensive DVOA. Like, admittedly, the passing defense regressed a little bit this year, but. Um, I still rush defense solid as ever. And I think that what Everflus is able to do is scheme things up that is at a higher level than the talent at his disposal. So I am very interested in him bringing, especially with the talent when healthy the Bears have, that defense up to a higher level. And I'm going to guess he learned a little bit from Frank Reich over these past few years. And lean into some of the decision-making, make some tweaks. And we liked, I liked what Laser did once he was able to call a couple of plays. So I feel like that continuity for Fields might actually work in his favor and the teams. Yeah, I don't have a strong uh, take here, but I will say there's no reason not to, for you not to be excited about the hires. Uh, everything I've read about Ryan Pohl seems very exciting. And uh, I personally was hoping for an offensive coordinator, but that's just the fantasy guy in yeah, me, an exactly. offensive mind to be hired. But sure, as a as a Bears fan, I see no reason why not to be, to be excited for the future because, yeah, obviously the past regime didn't work out. And let's move forward with a ton of really interesting, exciting, especially at the skill position players with Montgomery, Fields, Komet, and Mooney. Like those four guys are really, really exciting. I agree. All right. So, um, you know, the Bears fans have been used to Nathaniel Hackett being a thorn in their sides because he's been the offensive coordinator of the Packers. But, oh, wait, hold up. The Broncos just hired him to be the team's new head coach. They scooped him before this before his second interview with Jacksonville. And coincidentally, he was the OC in Jacksonville from 2016 to 2018. And we all remember how he led the Jags to the AFC title match in 2017. Of course, none of that matters. Nobody cares about Jacksonville in this equation. Everyone is just wondering, thinking, hoping, predicting that this move makes things all the easier for Aaron Rodgers and maybe Devontae Adams, but let's be honest, Aaron Rodgers to move to Denver. Frustrating living in California, tougher to get bets down. I'd love some futures on the Broncos next season. Hardly, it's not hardly a secret, though. I bet the odds aren't that long because the writing's on the wall for Rodgers possibly going there with a solid defense and talk about impressive skill position players. So, yeah, the Broncos uh, could immediately become one of the AFC favorites if he does follow his OC there. Um, Conversely, um, it, it, it could actually end up being a trade. And Jerry Judy could go from being super excited having Rodgers throw to him to be end up in Green Bay and having Jordan Love throw to him. So don't be shocked if, if a trade uh, makes some moving pieces here. But I do expect at this point Rodgers to, to go to Denver because here's what, if for no other reason than even like Packers fans have moved on. I, honestly, most of them are like, I'm, they're basically over Rodgers for not just the off-field stuff, but apparently not coming through in the playoffs lately. So to me, it seems like for both cases, uh, even though toward the end of last season, I was more convinced he was going to return the way you know, the, the postseason ended again. It's maybe it's just recency by, by, bias. But if I had to guess now, I would say Rodgers ends up in Denver. What do you think, Liz? All right, two things. Number one, I totally understand why that's the prevailing, prevailing thought. I found this quote 
which comes from Wes Hodwitz, who is a Packers.com digital reporter. And in November of 2020, obviously in his MVP year, Rogers said this about Hackett, there's nobody in the building that brings me more joy or is more fun to be around than Nathaniel Hackett. Okay, that's a big tell because we know that Aaron Rodgers isn't necessarily uh, full of platitudes if he doesn't feel like it. But I will say it's interesting that Rodgers, you know, I know all these guys are super competitors and think that they can beat everyone, but now Rodgers is going to go from battling Kirk Cousins, Jared Goff, and Andy Dalton, I guess, to Mahomes and Herbert twice a season. And so I'm like, okay, bring it like that. But yes, I would love to see Justin Herbert own Aaron Rodgers at SoFi. No, it's a tough for sure. Yeah, those quarterbacks. But uh, the Broncos still have, like I said, a pretty, pretty underrated defense. They suffered some injuries uh, this year. And I will note that as much as I like Patrick Sertan as the next guy, Draft the Broncos needed a quarterback and they drafted him ahead of Justin Fields. And I have to think that they had some assurances that Rodgers was was maybe possibly coming one year later. That's just maybe it's just crazy speculation. But um, you're right, though. So it won't be the easiest division that he's been used to. Uh, yeah. At this stage of his career, it'd be wild coming off an MVP and then switching conferences. I mean, also, it'd be fun like, for the not, league. He's not likable. Like that, I mean, yeah, not no, even. I, I get, get he's the villain now for sure. I mean, but I it's not that. even this year and the COVID and the toe and the Pat McAfee. I'm not talking about any of that. I'm talking about the Tyler Dunn article. Like, folks don't like him. His players don't like him. That's why he keeps pulling Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb out of retirement because they're the only ones who are willing to put up with him. And I just can't imagine. To me, this is a trap because as good as he is, and I'm not denying that, and as much as people want to play with the best. Rapport is a thing. We saw OBJ, very talented. Rapport didn't work out for him. And now he's like crushing in Los Angeles because, yes, he has a better quarterback. But also, and Scott Pianowski made this point, I believe, on Monday's pod, um, the team is better able to massage his ego. How do we know that Rodgers is going to be able to develop rapport with Tim Patrick, one of the most underrated outside receivers in the NFL, and Cortland Sutton, who, you know, had a, a, a down year this year. And that entire organization immediately. Is he going to pull a Tom Brady and have these off-season workouts like in his backyard and be roommates with everybody? I mean, I don't know, but like it's rapport is a thing and it might take more than a minute to get settled. He is back talking to his brother, Jordan, I have heard. So maybe uh, Aaron is uh, changing his ways. But uh, uh, yeah, I hear you. One, one, how about, I'll throw this uh, scenario at you. Uh, he does join the Broncos. Melvin Gordon signs elsewhere. How early is Javante Williams getting drafted? Oh, he's Second a overall? Pick. He's I mean, a first-round <laughs> Seriously, pick. yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. yeah I wrote up, there, uh, Lee's, yeah. he was in my rookie, rookie review article, and he is likely to be unleashed. I don't, he definitely, I don't even think he gets past like the 10 spot, honestly. Yeah. 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 It'll be a storyline to follow, but um, yeah, I, yeah, people, people are definitely rooting against Rogers. It seems like, I don't think he would, I don't think he's going, I mean, even retiring is not out of the question for him, but I, I doubt it. I think he probably won't, don't want to go out like that. Uh, by the way, I love the bachelor nation drop. You're my favorite, Dalton. All right, let's talk about Dan Quinn because he's taken his name out of the running for the open head coaching position, for all of the open head coaching positions, and there are quite a few to fill. He is instead choosing to return as the Cowboys defensive coordinator next season. Can't blame him because 
my goodness, did he turn that unit around. Dallas's defense was one of the biggest surprises of the season. I mean, it kind of tanked the uh, fantasy life of the offense in many ways. We talked about it week after week. I mean, they closed out the season number two in total defensive DVOA, which is a very big jump from number 23 in 2020 under Mike Nolan. Yeah, great job by Quinn. Some of these uh, coaches are just far better in their coordinator positions than as head coach. Obviously, we just saw Quinn fail at Atlanta, so it makes sense to me. He's in a great situation. I'm sure he's making uh, plenty of money. Uh, and yeah, it makes sense to me, actually, sticking to where he is. And he's not going to get any of the criticism, too. You know, he has a head coach there that's going to be the lightning bolt for that, too. So yeah, I can totally understand why he made this decision. Love that. Dan Quinn might be the most self-aware member of the Dallas Cowboys organization. Just, I, I want to be the second banana. I want to make the money. I'm, I'm set. Thank you. Don't need to be a star. Yeah, there are certainly coordinators. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. Self-aware is a great way of putting it because there are other coordinators who probably would not have done it. So, give me a second chance. You know, give me another chance. And then you join a, you know, a franchise with, you know, high draft pick with bad roster. And then you just do the same circle again. You know, I mean, yeah. so I, I totally can understand. Ben Roethlisberger made his retirement official after 18 years in Pittsburgh. I thought this was funny. Tom Brady tweeted out that Ben defied the TB12 method, in all caps, in favor of the throw some ice on it method his entire career and ended up an all-time great with six Pro Bowls and two Super Bowls. There's more than one way to bake a cake. I don't know why Brady's talking about cake because I doubt he eats carbs or sugar, but uh, I did think it was an interesting if not backhanded, but still sweet homage to Big Ben. Yeah, I know it's funny because, uh, yeah, Big Ben, I'm, I'm guessing, did not quite take his offseason as seriously as Brady, <laughs> but got it done. And obviously, lin- longevity, it shows, you know, their career. But um, uh, uh, nice of Big Ben to not make a way to wait this out. You know, wasn't certain he's going to retire, but now he is. Uh, curious who's going to be quarterback. I don't buy the Mason Rudolph uh, as, their, as their starter next year. Obviously, big fantasy ramifications with uh, all the receivers there and, and Najee Harris. So, uh, yeah, Big Ben, nice career, did not certainly uh, end super well, but at least he didn't drag it on even further. It feels like the Steelers are in for something similar, similar to what the Saints went through this year because, you know, the – at least I haven't dug into as much college ball as, you know, I I normally start to study that stuff deeply in March or after the Super Bowl. But from what I am reading and gathering, the quarterback talent in this year's draft class is not robust, but perhaps in the 2023 class, there could be some real prospects. And so it it feels like, I, I don't know, they might just hit try to hit pause. I, it might be interesting. I don't. I, I also wouldn't be surprised, and I don't know. There's a lot of planets that need to align for this to happen, but stranger things have occurred. Derek Carr ending up in Pittsburgh. I don't think it'll go well because he's such a California kid but like, and such a West Coast guy, but I, that would not shock me. That would be an interesting one, but yeah, I hear the same thing. It doesn't sound like this uh, QB class is anything exciting whatsoever for for rookies coming out. So it would be yeah next year. So that'll be definitely a situation to follow because yeah, I'm not buying Mason Rudolph at all. Derek Carr is an interesting one. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what that would. I don't know if I, Chase Claypool to me. I'm writing the like fan biggest fantasy questions, and I've um, broken it up into two different articles because there are just so many players with big questions like many more than last year maybe because you know 2020 was just a question mark in itself but Chase Claypool after underwhelming this year but also having plenty of excuses given 
Ben Roethlisberger's YBA, <laughs> right? Like, and Juju Smith-Schuster becoming a free agent is one of those biggest question marks to see what would happen. And obviously, like Deontay Johnson, even if the quarterback talent is the same as Ben Roethlisberger or less than, we know or we're expecting that the volume will be enough for him to be a fantasy contributor and a pretty good fantasy contributor. But Claypool just like didn't show up in the moments in which he was targeted. He didn't really capitalize so many drops. He didn't capital capitalize on the high value targets. But, you know, if Juju Schuster doesn't return, he would in theory have quite an opportunity. And so the quarterback talent, I think maybe could elevate him or give him certainly, I I bet he'll go up in drafts because people are just so attached to the talent potential that he comes with. Yeah. Claypool's super interesting. He scored 11 touchdowns total his rookie year. And then this year was a disaster. You can easily blame it on big Ben. I saw a tweet uh, recently suggesting he really also struggled with separation and single coverage could have been playing through an injury as well. He certainly looks the part like a future guy that should be getting double digit type touchdowns. Uh, Friermuth did emerge as an elite red zone guy. Um, But yeah, who, who becomes quarterback there? And if Juju returns or not would be big because yeah, Claypool certainly showed he has a lot of upside his rookie year and big Ben obviously struggled throwing balls into the dirt all year long and Deontay Johnson can't always get a target share that's that high either too so yeah it's a really interesting situation there in Pittsburgh Friar Muth seems to me like I loved him a lot but I feel like he was also perfect for Big Ben uh, at yeah. that stage of his career you know as just as just a red zone machine like not a ton of, in many ways like Friar Muth was the reverse of Kyle Pitts right like not a ton of volume was, yeah. but a ton of touchdowns Oh, yeah, I think he dominated looks inside the five, too, even among all receivers right away as a rookie. Exactly the opposite of Pitts, who did everything well but score touchdowns. Yeah. All right, now, that's all the news. We went off on a little bit of a tangent, but so what? It's fun to talk fantasy. We are going to talk about the games now. There are only two to preview. First one up is the number four Bengals at the number two Chiefs. To get here, Cincinnati beat the Raiders at home and the number one seed Titans on the road and For the Chiefs to get here, they had to beat the Steelers and the Bills at home. We're not going to talk about what a great game everyone got to see because Lord knows Matt and Scott did quite a job of that on Monday. But Dalton, what is your immediate takeaway on this game? First thing that comes to your mind. Uh, yeah, that, that last game should have been the championship. Um, I'm afraid the, the Chiefs do roll, but Burrow, uh, you know, Burrow's been good. Um, yeah, I, this is an interesting one. Um, I'm probably going to, you got to load up on this in DFS. This, yes. this over-under is about nine points higher than the other game, which, you know, it could be, turn into a defensive battle. Both, but the Rams have gone super run heavy in neutral situations since Akers return and the Niners are slow paced. They know each other well. I think in DFS, I mean, obviously it's not uh, contrarian to say it, but really, really load up in this KC Cincinnati game. I mean, Mahomes is 40 in, in Yahoo. McKinnon's 18 and he's just taken over that role. Although Daryl Williams has returned to practice, McKinnon's running routes and they're, and they're throwing screens like they haven't thrown even with the healthy CEH, which is just mind blowing for someone who watched McKinnon struggle for the last few years as a Niner. Um, but with fresh legs looks good. So yeah, my general takeaway first is, is yeah, DFS, uh, even Tyreek Hill's much less than, than, uh, than I expected in Yahoo this week. So yeah, I like loading up in this game. I agree. The over-under is at 54 and a half. So you definitely want to take advantage of that. The spread right now, the Chiefs are giving seven and a half. Um, You mentioned Daryl Williams. I don't know how I feel about this backfield. We know that CEH is going to be in play. And obviously you mentioned Jarek McKinnon totally showing those fresh legs and dominating. But here's an interesting stat. 
her inside edge. The Bengals allowed just 2.3 yards per carry when defending in the red zone this season. So to me, I'm not interested in playing around with CEH or Daryl Williams, given what the Bengals have done so close to the goal line in the run game. And the Bengals have allowed the fifth most receptions and the sixth most receiving yards. So I like the McKinnon here is who I wrote up. He ran 41 routes last week. CH ran 11. I know he was supposed to be this receiving back at LSU. It just was not materialized at the pro level. Uh, Maybe he doesn't double up the touches uh, if Williams returns. But Derek Gore saw zero snaps last week. McKinnon saw 53 to 23 for CEH. So 30 more snaps. Now, I can't promise he won't suddenly show up with dead legs uh, because that's happened as a Niners. Like he would play a week and look great. And then his body was failing the next week but assuming that's not the case here and they keep running those screens in a high scoring game yeah he may i might can't guarantee you more than 10 carries but you could be looking at 15 touches especially with the with the Bengals susceptible to giving up those passes to back so i like him and it's an interesting choice between you you can start them all but it's an interesting choice between mckinnon's upside and the chief's offense versus mitchell and acres are both very affordable at 23 and 21 dollars and they have far more safer uh projected volume but you know, I mean, the, the, the Chiefs game could turn into a carnival, you know, way more scoring. So it's an interesting decision there. Only $18, as you mentioned. Let's talk about Clyde Edwards Hilaire's former college teammate, Joe Burrow. He is $36, by the way, same price as Jamar Chase. That's interesting. I am a, I'm, I, I'm not the only one who's a little bit worried about the offensive line. And I think a little bit is an overstatement. I mean, Burrow was sacked nine times last week at Tennessee. Kansas City sacked him when the two teams met back in week 17 four times. Now, Cincinnati did beat the Chiefs in that regular season game, uh, 34 to 31. I think what the Bengals were able to do was, if you remember at halftime, the defense made some big adjustments and they were able to keep Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey to a total of 65 yards. But the defense was not able to sack Mahomes a single time or force a single turnover. So I I think they're going to have to keep Hill and Kelsey contained and also get after the quarterback in a real way. That's not going to be enough, I mean, to beat Mahomes, especially in the postseason. He's 7-1 with 23 touchdowns and one interception in AFC playoff games. Yeah, in his last eight games, like 20 touchdowns, two picks. And he runs a lot more in the postseason, too. That's fantasy, man. Don't don't compare his regular season stats. To, and it's been a career thing throughout his career. He just runs more, and it obviously helps for fantasy points. Uh, I said to fade Mixon in this game, uh, the Chiefs have allowed just one fantasy back to reach 20 fantasy points since week one. Uh, Mixon's been struggling running, too. I know yards per carry and everything, but they've really been struggling to run. I can see them falling behind in this game. So uh, Burrow put up a ton of points and Yahoo DFS nearly 35 points uh, when he last faced the Chiefs. The Chiefs do have some susceptible cornerbacks. Uh, Mathow, Honey Badger, is he healthy? Um, so, yeah, I, I could see Burrow going with here, too. If you if you want to, to not use Mahomes, then certainly uh, there's an argument for Burrow and, and Chase. And maybe this is a game that Higgins goes crazy because it's been a while since he's since he's blown up, too. But I, I yeah, I would uh, the Chiefs defend uh, uh, tight ends relatively well. I know Uzuma has been getting the, the targets, but I expect this to be less him, less uh, Mixon and those receivers in, in Burrow. You know, they're obviously they want to go down swinging with their best players. So I like Chase to, and, and, and Higgins to just see a ton of targets. Well, Chase had that career game in week 17. I mean, and again, he's the same price, $36 as Joe Burrow. Uh, He went 11 
for 266 and three touchdowns. Chavarius Ward got roasted by by Chase in that game. By the way, Chavarius Ward's going to be an undrafted free agent at the end of this year. Um, but I, I am with you on buying the dip on Higgins. I also feel like after a player scores three touchdowns and goes over 200 yards on a team, they remember that and they're going to make an adjustment. And even if it doesn't work overall, I mean, if the Bengals do upset the Chiefs, what I'm, which I'm not expecting, I think that they might be able to cover. I'd probably take the Chiefs in this one anyway, um, again, because of Mahomes' record in the playoffs. Um I still feel like Higgins will probably be the factor getting loose. I wouldn't mind taking a flyer, by the way, if you don't like any of these guys, if you want to pay up for Cooper Cup and you have a little space elsewhere, but you want a piece of this contest. Tyler Boyd is only $18. Again, I'd prefer T. Higgins at 26 optimally, but I definitely think you want one of these three receivers in your DFS lineup. It's a great point about past performance not necessarily being indicative because maybe that just means the defense will focus on stopping that player if they're overly successful the first matchup. So, yeah, you don't just want to look at that. But then at the same time, some schemes work better against others. So that is a, a tough balance. Another sleeper receiver in this game would be Byron Pringle. Eight Love targets, it. seven targets, seven targets. I mean, at least seven targets each of the last three games. We scored three touchdowns. Um, yeah, you're running far more routes than Hardman. So, um, yeah, I, I like Pringle right there. A uh, dollar less than Ayuk, a couple bucks less than than Boyd. Um, yeah, I like him as a, a cheaper wide receiver option this week. You paying up for Mahomes at forty dollars? I think I would. Yeah, that's what I did in my lineup and, and in the column. That's where I would I would pay up. Yeah, I think it's a safe yeah quarterback. And like I said, the fact that he's running so much in the postseason, I'm paying up for Mahomes in my lineup. Yeah. You taking the over or the under? And are you taking the Chiefs or the Bengals? I will take. Uh, it's a big over under. I'll take the under, but I, I'll take the under and I'll take the. I take the Chiefs. I laid the wood on this. Okay, interesting. I think I take the over in the Chiefs, but that's because I really want a, a ping pong match of a game. Let's move on to your moment. The number six 49ers at the number four Rams. The 49ers have swept the Rams, but a lot of people, as we alluded to at the top of the show, believe that the Rams are due. What say you, Dalton? Yeah, I mean, suppose all the, the stats you read, the Niners do match up pretty well. Um, the, the Grams' uh, advantage on defense is this, uh, you, they disguise really well. And the way to counter that is by running a lot of pre-snap motion. And no team in football runs more pre-snap motion than the Niners. And then conversely, defensively, uh, Stafford's awesome against the blitz and struggles more against the zone. Niners rarely blitz. They play zone. So I, I don't know that stuff, you know, you can get too much in the weeds with that. Uh, Sta yeah, Stafford threw the most interceptions in the NFL this year. Uh, I didn't realize that looking huh. at that. I uh, thought it was Burrow, but no, it was Stafford. I think he tied with a couple others. But um, uh, he's been playing great. My guy, Jimmy Garoppolo. The hope is, and the expectations is indoors, the, the weather doesn't affect his injuries as bad as, uh, you know, out, outdoors did. But, uh, man, during his four playoff wins, not games, just there's wins, he's yet to throw 175 yards, and he's totaled one touchdown pass. So it's been pretty wild how they've been winning despite him. But um, I, I, he could play well this week, though, if he's feeling better health-wise. He's performed pretty well against the Rams. Um, we'll see the health of Trent Williams. That's key. Left tackle, dealing with the ankle sprain, as you said earlier in the show. And it, he was hobbling around bad at the end of that game. If he does play, it will be far from 100%. But the expectation is he does play. And thankfully, Debo, boy, it looked like he popped a tire at the end last week. Girl, but, when he was yeah. hobbling off that yeah, field, one like he was jumping like a chicken off the field. And I thought, oh, this is it. This is it. But 
it does look like the every expectation is that he is expected to practice this week, though I cannot get my hands on an official practice report, at least at the time of this recording, saying, you know, what he looked like in practice. Yeah, it just says he's not even listed on the report. But um, yeah. yeah, he suffered a Jones fracture in the past, too. So I was worried about his foot, especially. But um, yeah, so yeah, supposedly he's good to go. Um, we'll see. Even Kittle looked a little banged up, but he's not even on the report. And Mitchell, that's maintenance thing with him, uh, so hopefully. But um, yeah, both teams look uh, relatively close to, to full strength because I believe Whitworth is uh, supposed to return uh, the left tackle for the Rams right. this week, too. So, uh, yeah, I thought the NFL wanted Brady Garoppolo for sure. Like I was I knew that was a close game all week. But by that kickoff, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm pretty confident in the Bucks. short travel week for the Rams. The NFL, this, this is the Brady thing. But wow. Rams have been impressive. Their, their defense is awesome. You look at the real nerd stats like win rate. Their defensive line is number one and their offensive line is number one. It win rate in both. So they're pretty strong in the trenches. And obviously Stafford's been an upgrade and Cooper Cup's been arguably the best pos- uh, pos- skill position player in the NFL. So should be a fun one. Cooper Cup is $40 in our daily game. Again, that's the exact same price as Patrick Mahomes, which I believe is bananas. Cooper Cup also 13 receiving touchdowns in the red zone this season, which is the most of qualified wide receivers. This is again uh, via inside edge. The 49ers have allowed 14 receiving touchdowns when defending in the red zone to wide receivers this season, which is tied for fifth most in the NFL. So given that stat, which certainly boosts the value of cup, would you pay up the $40 for him in daily? 100%. You're paying up for Mahomes. You're paying up for Cup because Niners are number two in run defense DVOA. I do not expect the Rams to have any success running, so they're going to have to pass more. And um, they're vulnerable in the back end there. I know they are getting slightly healthier, uh, the Niners. Uh, Ambry Thomas is questionable for this game, but Cup is so good. He's averaged more than a touchdown per game at home. The targets have been there. Um, yeah, I do not expect Tyler Higby caught two touchdowns during the last matchup. The Niners have defended tight ends well all season. I don't think they'll be able to run. So I think Cup's looking at 12 to 15 targets at home. He's been money all year. And also, I'll also just say there's no even running back to even consider to pay up for on this. Or I mean, I guess you could mix in, but I, I mean, I, I wouldn't. No, I, I, I like going with Cup and Mahomes. And then there are plenty of bargain like McKinnon at 18 uh, to fill out the rest. That's interesting. I, I am going to say this because I, I don't I, I I, under, I understand why. I mean, I read the stat. I found the stat because I understood why people would pay up for Cup. But you are going to, I mean, then you're looking at Cup, probably Pringle, maybe, uh, I don't even think you could add Boyd into that because all all of, you'd have to get Kendall Blanton in as your tight end because he's, I think, what, yeah. 12 bucks in yeah. our daily game and he caught two passes last week for the Rams. If you're doing that though, you're, yeah, you're looking at, you're looking at Byron Pringle at 16 and then maybe you're taking a flyer on Juwan Jennings and Kendall. Oh man, you stole, yeah, you stole, yeah, you stole it out of my mouth. Yeah, I, okay. I think it's a good week to punt tight end. Actually, I mean, well, Kelsey, pay for Kelsey, or then I think it's your 18 for Uzuma is too much against that no, defense. I think girl, it's either yeah. that or go ahead and punt it with a a Noah Gray or whatever, or yeah, Blanton. Yeah, um, and then you can go cheap on defense because the the Chiefs are 14, the second yeah, uh, only the second most expensive, and Burrow took nine sacks as you said last week. You should be throwing it a ton. So and then yes, yeah, so I even was able to not only go. Mahomes and, and Cup, and you get Akers in there, all the touches, and, and McKinnon, and I even get Tyreek Hill in there for 29, and then you go Juwan Jennings. Uh, this is uh, when they last face each other. He caught two touchdowns. The Rams are vulnerable over the middle of the field. Uh, we'll see. I don't think the Niners are going to have super success running the ball against the Rams either, so uh, Juwan Jennings for $11, yes. If you want to pay up for Cup and Mahomes, it may require you to go uh, bargain binning, dump, you know, dumpster diving for a Juwan Jennings. 
All right, so let's say you, you didn't pay up for Cooper Cup. I do like Tyreek Hill at 29. That's what I did. Here is like a price point that I think is interesting. Let me read you the, the stat first. Uh, Matt Stafford, $31 in our game, completed just under 70% of passes on the left side of the field, which was QB7. That is where OBJ, who is $24, $5 less than Tyreek Hill, lines up. In fact, he lined up 414 snaps on the left side. The 49ers allowed a completion percentage of nearly 72% when defending passes to the left this season. I am thinking maybe if you want a piece of this Rams offense and you know what a run OBJ has been on, but you don't want to pay the 40 bucks for Cup, given that stat, maybe, maybe you only have to spend 24 yeah, and, and and if you use Cup and Mahomes, it makes it awfully tough to use Chase too. And I could certainly see the argument of using Chase. So instead of the the one of Rams receiver, go go with Beckham. He's been targeted heavily. He's running all the routes. And Jeff Van Jefferson's banged up, but it doesn't even matter. And Beckham has been really used in the red zone too with the touchdown. So totally would not argue with that. He's looked surprisingly well since joining. I that went seamless. I thought it was going to be not so great, but they he got they got him for free in Von Miller, and it's frustrating. The Rams is set up nicely, man. Home home championship game and these guys are, are, are seamlessly filling in that offense as needed and it's uh that yeah i don't know man it might be setting up well for them that you know the super bowl funny went from ever without having a home super bowl um into back-to-back years now home, home <laughs> team's gonna be hosting the super bowl let's talk about both of these running backs really quickly because i think that that's also illuminating for next season elijah mitchell's a rookie this year i know i was all over the trey sermon bandwagon it didn't work out but he has impressively per pff 31 runs of 10-plus yards this season, including the playoffs, which is fourth most among all running backs. He's $23 in our daily game. And then you've got, you mentioned, Cam Akers. Now, both in Week 10 and Week 18, games in which the 49ers run, I think part of their success was being able to stop the rushing attack that the Rams presented. But Cam Akers wasn't really in the fold. I mean, that Week 18 game was kind of like his little, like a little dip his toe into it, return a little bit, but he's got these fresh legs. He's $21 in DFS. We know how electric he is. Uh, He definitely had some fumbling issues last week. Maybe he atones for those this week. I kind of feel like for the difference in price and the freshness of legs, you mentioned that Elijah Mitchell, you know, is kind of dealing, he's got a maintenance issue, but that doesn't allude to perfect health. For the difference in price, I would take Cam Akers. I could see it. They're the home favorite by three and a half points. Trent Williams is banged up to the left tackle for the Niners. Akers, uh, yeah, the two lost fumbles last week, and he hasn't exactly popped uh, the eye test returning from a serious injury. Um, but but also Stafford missed him on a deep pass. He would have more yardage, and he is just getting all of the work. Sony Michelle is nowhere to be found. So Akers at $21 is the feature back. Yeah, they're the favorite team at home. So yeah, the, no argument there. I put him into my lineup and uh, it's great to see him out there so for next year uh, wheels up because boy the boy both these teams love uh acres and elijah mitchell elijah mitchell finished with a higher the highest carry percentage team carry percentage in the nfl higher than Najee harris this year i mean the health is definitely going to be a question with him and you'd love to see more targets maybe most returns but as a, mm, as a for the first, free agent though right for the, he for, said yeah, to, yeah 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 Maybe they'll give him a team deal or whatever, but to bring him back. But uh, Mitchell Shanahan, I've not, he's not had a lead back of workhorse like this in a Shanahan system with Lance taking over. Yeah, Mitchell's going to, people are going to be talking themselves, him, him into a, you know, very, very high draft pick. Do you think they, they creep inside the top 15, both of them? 
Yeah, that sounds about right. I was going to say yeah. Mitchell second rounder and Akers. Yeah, back in first. Yeah, yeah. All right. I think we're in agreement there. All right. I'm going to ask you last question for this game. Over under is 45 and a half. You taking the over or the under? All right. I'll, I will take the, uh, I will go un, we'll go under again. And uh, man, uh, I'm doing my best trying to jinx, jinx it here by picking the Rams. Uh, I, I got to stick with my Niners. I'll still pull off an upset by a point, but uh, yeah, 21, 20. Okay. And so you're taking the 49ers who right now are plus three and a half. Yeah. All right, Dalton. Well, I know you and I, I always text you. <laughs> I always give it a minute and then text you at the end of a game, assuming it goes positively. I'm sure your phone will be blowing up regardless. I'll be thinking of you. If you need to crash at my place, you have, you and your wife have a bed here at my place. If things go sideways and you just don't want to manage the drive back up because you're too busy celebrating. I, I, I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, yeah, this is bad list setting myself up. Not only do am I just a homer and I care about my home t- fan like far more than a, a grown adult should, uh, but also, yeah, this long drive, this whole trip and the tickets weren't cheap, but um, I have a, a not so small future cup few futures tickets on my Niners, not just the Super Bowl. I have a, a decent one to win the NFC. So this game would, would if they win, it would it'd pay for itself. But uh, it's setting up for a quite a quite a disaster. But it is what it is. It was a fun football year between the survivor and now the Niners, you know, pull, pulling off these uh, upsets to a nice playoff run. It's hard, hard, hard to complain at this point. Love, love talking football with you all year, too, Liz. Well, thank you. I've always enjoyed it. And, you know, for the sake of Chloe and Mason's college fund, I do hope that Jimmy <laughs> G is able to pull this off. And also, I just don't want to hear him trending anymore for the reasons he's been trending. Uh, that's going to do it for this edition of the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. All that's left to do now is sit back and wait for the games on Sunday. Hope you enjoyed the show. You can follow me at Liz Loza underscore FF. You can follow Dalton at Dalton. Del Don. And while you're there, make sure you're following at Yahoo Fantasy, Andy Barons, and Scott Pianowski. We'll be back on Monday with a recap of the weekend's action. Maybe Dalton will call in. Maybe not. You'll have to download, listen, and discover what happens then. Until then, we're out.